Hi, this is Carrie Ann Reed Brown, and this is Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. Welcome to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. And I am excited. (laughs) I am actually recording this episode in the green room of in the Performing Arts Theater at York College. And my guest today is Magali. Colleyman Christopher, how was that? Did that I... was awesome. All that right. was good. You hit the right intonations. You All got right. my name down. I'm learning. I'm I learning. Love it. I'm I love learning. It. So, Magali, why don't you tell the community of friends a little bit about who you are? As she said, my name is Magali Colleyman Christopher. I am an actress, playwright, director, producer, and I'm the founder of Conchelle Productions. Mm. Now, the mission at Conchelle Productions is for us to showcase, develop, produce the voice of the Caribbean American artist. That means 28 nations, people from the 28 nations who moved to the Americas to start a life, start families on a new land. What voice do the children of those people and the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren of those people have? What's unique about it? And of course it's going to be unique. I am a Haitian American, first generation. My mom took a plane from Haiti and landed in JFK and I've been in New York for most of my life and as an artist I struggled to learn to own my unique voice accepting that I will as a writer tell stories from the Caribbean American perspective and accept that the audience has a learning curve to go through that they may think that's not my story because it's not American, and they're going to have to learn that, yes, it is an American story because America is a country filled of people who came from somewhere else to get opportunities here. It's the migration story that is the human story. And our story as Haitian American or Trinidadian American, you can hear an actress in the hallway who's a Trinia American or Jamaican American or St. Corey American or Tortolan American, whatever our story is, it's an American story. And that should be on American stages. And while my passion is to build a community of Caribbean American and Caribbean audiences, my thorough mission is to build an American audience for our unique perspective of what it means to be an American. Right, because we're neither fully Caribbean we're neither. and we're not fully American, we're so not. we need stories that represent the duality of that existence because we have a foot in both worlds and it's almost like you either you know well some people give me the exception because i was born in jamaica but some people feel they're not american enough exactly or they're not caribbean enough exactly. whether that's Haitian or trinidad or jamaican and it's our job to redefine it for ourselves and i think even listening to the questions it was creating our own space which is what carry on friends has been trying to do where the same thing where we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about topics that resonate with a small group, a subsect of a larger population, and people all, don't always get why, but we know why, because we, like you said, we need to create safe spaces mm. for ourselves to have this conversation. So, and also to inform the world what our story is. We're not stereotypes. Yeah. We're full 360 degree multidimensional yeah. individuals. Yeah. Listen to our story. Yeah. That's my goal. So, so this play or this festival, Hear Her Call, 
is the perfect capstone to Women's History Month. Thank you. And um, just saw some amazing 10-minute plays about that. Um, playwrights that ref represent different aspects of the diaspora and talking about topics that are highly relevant. Um, by the time they hear this episode, the plays would have gone. But my favorite was Fall because mm. I identified with how as a Caribbean American woman, you struggle with how you were parented by your mom and why they were so mean. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the dialect or, or the finding out that there are similarities between the, the Jamaican American daughter and the Haitian American um, nurse's aide, if you would want to call them. Or even the experience of the Cuban and the food. Like, you know, I've had friends who said that they've never had American food until they were well into high school or college. Yeah. And when they do go to another person's house, it's almost like, I don't <laughs> understand. It's, there's a huge disconnect. So what was very particular for you in creating this first festival under Conchal Productions, right? It's the first one? Yes. First, uh, Hear Her Call. Hear Her Call. What was the inspiration for allowing this first festival to revolve around the voices of Caribbean-American women? It's a known fact that in the industry overall, the women's voice is not heard as much as the man's voice. Forget a Caribbean-American woman's voice. Mm -hmm. So I wanted our first festival as an organization to be one that focused on the voice of the Caribbean-American woman. Mm -hmm. And... One of our missions also at Conic Shell is to produce work that inspires social change. So when I came up with the name of the festival, Hear Her Call, what is the call? Because we're called Conch Shell Productions. A Conch Shell was a device used for centuries by many people, whether you're from Africa or you're a native of the Americas, to call to action, mm -hmm. to inspire an awareness. So we're theater that awakens. So I wanted to hear different perspectives on what women wanted the world to hear, mm -hmm. what women wanted to change. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want the storytelling to have the same devices used. I didn't want the same storytelling device at all because I think sometimes when people think of Caribbean theater, they think of proscenium stage, they think of the quote-unquote mama on the couch play, mm -hmm. where it's, it's not about social change, it's more about day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. And I was grateful mm -hmm. when I got the submissions I got because it inspired me to think, yes, there are other people like me out there. And the last play that I produced was my own play called The Hunting Season. It was in the festival last August. And it was about a Haitian-American mother who has this premonition that her unborn son is going to be hunted and killed by the police. Mm -hmm. So it's a magical realism piece because she invokes spirits to help her. And so when I, when I put that piece up, people were like, magical realism? Caribbean. It's like the mixture of magical realism is a given, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. it's part of our culture. But... They're not used to seeing that in theater, per se. They may see it in Shakespeare. But when you really think about August Wilson, for example, he had magical realism all over his plays. That's what the African people embrace deep down inside, the belief in the spirits and the powers to change your life. So my inspiration to focus in the woman's voice is personal. Mm -hmm. I, I have to represent my sisters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So in the beginning, um, when we just recorded, you said you your struggles with your identity. What, what tell us? Tell me a little bit about that struggle, <laughs> and where are you in that struggle? Because I think the playwright who had to leave early for another rehearsal, she she kind of hinted at what you might say is or reality. Yeah, Frances Benson had to leave earlier. She's a lovely, amazing writer. I grew up in a household mm -hmm. where you walked in and you're not an American anymore. Mm -hmm. So don't bring your American behavior here. Don't bring your American language. Don't bring your American attitude. Don't bring the American attitude. Mm -hmm. And so I was proud to say I was more Haitian than American because I knew my Haitian culture. I knew about, you know, Dessalines, Henri Christophe. I knew about my great-great-great-grandmother who came over from Norway. I knew about my great-great-grandfather who had a farm and married her. You know, I knew. I didn't know anything about America. My mom didn't tell me those stories. So in my head, I was Haitian. But then I went to Haiti, and, and they were like, you're an American. I'm like, what? No, no, I'm not. I'm Haitian. And like, you're American. So get your American stuff out of my face. And I, all of a sudden, it broke me. I was a teenager and I was like, I don't know where I belong because I accepted that I didn't belong in America because I was like the good little girl who did the Haitian girl things that are quiet because that's how you're raised. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden I was like, I'm not American and I'm not Haitian, so what am I? And you let it go after a while and you stop thinking about it. But when you're an artist, the question of who am I is a constant question as an actor. And I would think that and I'm like, I don't quite know. So I had to make a choice. I am who I decide I am. Mm -hmm. And I am Haitian. Mm -hmm. And I am American. I mean, literally, you have to go somewhere else to discover who you really are to realize you just have to own it because everybody else knows it. Mm -hmm. And um, what I am is a very spiritual human being who has a rich culture behind her. And I live in an environment that's always educating me on how to love myself more despite anything that happens around me yeah. and how to claim my, my magnificence no matter what anything is said. So I think being a Haitian taught me to believe in my magnificence mm. and being an American taught me how to embrace it even more tightly. Yeah. You know, the other day um, a student asked me a question and it was like, um, what is it like being an immigrant and I'm just like well I mean I'm Jamaican that's one and you know part of being Jamaican and part of growing up in Haitian we come from cultures that are so this braggadocio is just like it's larger than life so we were kind of born with that like I'm Jamaican like what but the American element of it allows us to see how we can use that to our advantage to stand out I think the challenge happens when you look at people within the diaspora, so maybe other black Americans view us and why we stand out a little bit. Um, there's, I, I, there are people with challenges, especially if you're in spaces where you're the only Caribbean. So we're fortunate to be in New York, but what about those Caribbean Americans in the Midwest? I've been there. Yeah. I lived in Chicago. Mm. I lived in LA. It's kind of like you got to search for the accents. You got to search for the other languages. New York is a delicious place to be. It is amazing. It enriches the belief that being 
not like the average American is okay because yes. everybody else around you speaks languages that you cannot understand. That is true. Um, I, I, the concept of braggadocia, I was talking to my husband the other day and the, the very thought that for someone to say, I am amazing, is considered a negative. Mm -hmm. We, I want to dig into the human psyche where the first person who decided to thrust that on an individual was born mm -hmm. and tell them, never pass that seed down. Because you are, it's, it's just like, we are amazing creatures. And uh, living in America and owning the fact that you have a cultural background that is not part of the American quote-unquote story only means that you're going to feed the American story. Because we fed the American story. If you look at the American cuisine, multiple cultures fed the story. So my whole thing about conch shell productions is I want to have an inclusivity. I, I, I get weary when people say, I'm Jamaican, I'm Haitian, and therefore separate. We are. Of the diaspora, right? Okay, and we look. If you, like you said, the stories had similar themes, different languages, but similar themes were brought together by this Caribbean Ocean. So you speak Spanish, so you speak French, so you speak English, so you speak Dutch. It doesn't matter. We all were brought over in a ship, and then other cultures from other ships. A bunch of cultures got together and made a melting pot, mm -hmm. and we were born. And we admit it, though. In the Caribbean, we own it. It's like, yeah. I'm a melting pot of a person. I'm not one person. I'm a bunch of different people. Right. And in America, they're constantly struggling with, you know, labeling it. I think that's that's the struggle. There, there, there needs to be some definition. There's always this need to define a thing, whereas it's just like a, everything is everything. A thing right. is a thing. Right. Like, right. Like but the, the, the safety when you're in 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 a Caribbean island, you you. you, you there is a culture that's bit so you can just give away your background, you know? And so in America, it's so big, you can't give away your background because you get lost. It's, and the islands are small. It's like, like I said, my great-great-grandmother was from Norway. My great-grandmother was from Belgium, but they were Haitian. Mm -hmm. Don't tell my great-grandmother she's not Haitian. Right. You know, don't tell any of the people who the, the, the Syrians, the, the Germans, the Africans, the Cubans, all these people who moved to Haiti. I'm a Haitian. What are you talking about? Yeah. This is where I am. Right. And the, 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 the need for the hyphenation is not so great because it's such a small community. Right. Whereas here it's so massive. Yes, you can lose your footing. Mm -hmm. And in an environment where the conversation about race defines your journey, you have to have something to grasp onto so that you can stay strong through the trials and tribulations of negative thinking. And, you know, yes, in the, in the Caribbean, there's social structure and the social separatism and all that. But the thing is, you're still rooted in saying, yes, mm -hmm. I am of this culture. No one's going to question mm -hmm. you yeah, because of the pigment in your skin. And so people may feel, why are they so busy trying to claim this? Why are they trying to separate? But we're not. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to celebrate. Great. It's a C word. Yeah. It's a C word. But not it's a, separate, not, celebrate. Yeah, it's not a, yeah, celebrate is... No, that's not the pronunciation. Yeah, it's not a C word. But you know what I mean? It's, yes. It's that sound, celebrate. Yes. So this is a celebration of a voice. Yeah. And I want everybody to come. You know, everyone to say, oh, I didn't even understand the story was part of the community. They're not all, you know, just struggling to get by. They're celebrating life. Yeah.
definitely some of these plays are celebrating life and exploring topics that we need to explore more of. Of course. Um, so before we wrap up, tell, I know people, we've missed this festival, but how else can people support Conchelle Productions? Conchell Productions is a product of the community. We are a very small company. We need donations. We have a fiscal sponsorship with Fractured Atlas, which means you donate, you get the money back. Mm-hmm. At the end of the year, go to the taxman. The taxman will give it 100% back because we don't give gifts. Mm-hmm. So your donations go straight into producing new work. So this work was a product of me applying for a bunch of grants and getting a Queen's Council of the Art grant and individual donors donating. Every penny we get feeds the work. As a matter of fact, someday it'll feed me. But right now, I pay my artists. I produce the work. That's what my focus is. And the more funds you give me, the more work I can do, the more I can showcase the Caribbean American voice. Our goal for the company is to produce a film festival, Caribbean American Film Festival. Fundraising, send money in, donate, knowing you'll get the money back. Mm -hmm. Even our crowdfunding campaign that closes today, your money comes back because we have a fiscal sponsorship. So it's like you're giving to Red Cross, mm-hmm. you know, your money will come back to you at the end of the year, but it'll come back to you even bigger because you're going to be making a, an impact. We made an impact on 30 high school students today. We made an impact on the other 50 people who are present. You're making an impact, bringing hope to people that they can also have an opportunity to have a voice, that there is a stage. That's my whole goal. Create a space. You support it. Because honestly, the government can't support us. When you think about great people like Tyler Perry, who now is a billionaire, but he was a product of going to the community and the community saying yes to him, and they pay for his plays, and other communities saying, come bring your play to me, and they helped him build his empire, and they love him. But it was the African-American community that made him a billionaire. And he's all, his whole, the whole premise of his business model is, I got the money. Give me the space. I've got the audience. Give me the space. Conchelle Productions, we need you as an audience member. We need your funding. So when we do a production, come out, get tickets. If you can't come, donate to support so that we can reach more and more people. All right. And, oh, the website. Yes. Forgot to share that. www. Shell Productions, I know it's really long, .com, or I even abbreviated to hearhercall.com. So I own both of those domains. And when you go there, there'll be multiple opportunities for you to click donate, and you'll go straight to my fiscal sponsorship. And every, month, every penny you send us, they'll take us one step forward to our next proje- production. Awesome. So see if we could finish the sentence. Yes. Um, to be Caribbean American is to be unique, fiery, passionate, driven, out of the box thinker. All right. And on that note, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. I'm enjoying recording these episodes on the go. So don't watch the noise, the background. It's all part of the energy of the space that we're in. And until next time, walk good. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience. We post new episodes on Tuesdays every two weeks. 
And if you're looking to learn more, buy merchandise, sign up for a newsletter, check out our website, carryonfriends.com. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience, produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends. Carry On Friends.